Hello, hello, and welcome to the Burgundy Love Podcast. My name is Darling Jimenez, and in this podcast, we're going to be sharing with you ways that you can grow, so a lot of personal development and growth, and things that you can do to design the life that you want. This podcast is heavily focused around members of Land Data Alpha Latin Sorority Incorporated, hence the name Burgundy Love. However, if you are not a member, you are more than welcome to listen in. We are going to be sharing great tips for building the life that you want, and we hope you stick around. Go ahead and subscribe so you can be notified. We have our episodes on Fridays and Tuesdays. Tune in, hang out. We hope you enjoy this podcast. Thank you. Hello, hello, and welcome. Today we have another episode of Burgundy Love. Um, and in this episode today, um, we're again going to do something a little bit different. Um, I know you guys may have listened to story time, um, but today I'm actually going to be sharing with you guys um, a part of myself that I don't share very often, and that is my poetic side. Um, so I love spoken word. I grew up listening to Def Jam, um, and I loved attending spoken word um, live events. And so um, between that love that I've always had for spoken word and my recent um, reading of The Poet X, um, I've been inspired to write a lot more. And I really want to start um, spending more time honing in on the craft of poetry. I think it's such a beautiful way to explore your identity and explore yourself. Um, and I think sometimes we think of spoken word as something that is um, a talent that only a few possess and we don't kind of give it a try. But I actually also think that spoken word is a great way of building um, an exploration of your own identity, your own self, your own struggles. Um, it doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be beautiful. It doesn't even have to be shared. I think that um, spoken word is a beautiful avenue. And certainly there are those that are just incredibly talented with spoken word and are able to synthesize um, words together that paint a beautiful tapestry of um, identity and stories and just I love spoken word, um, but I do think that spoken word is also for everybody. Um, I think that poetry is for everybody. Um, and I absolutely challenge you all to sit down today and explore a question about yourself, um, whatever that question may be, um, and do that through writing a poem, right? Um, it's also a great form of therapy. I know for myself, there have been many times in my life um, through struggles and pain where poetry has become a way for me to express my pain through writing um, or express my way in a way that is um, easier. Um, I think sometimes, you know, you can also use like just written flow of words, um, like a free write, um, but poetry sometimes feel, feels a little bit short and really impactful. Um, and you don't have to explain anything in detail either, right? You can use significantly more flowery language or perhaps more um, coy messages to explain what you're feeling. You can make some comparisons. Um, and so again, this is um, something that I want you to think about is um, poetry and writing um, poetry as a form of self-healing, um, as a form of self-exploration, um, and as a form to connect to a part of yourself that you have perhaps left unexplored. Um, this poem is actually very heavily inspired by the previous podcast, um, which was uh, my conversation with Nuri. And as I mentioned, um, I've been reading The Poet X by Elizabeth Acevedo, um, who is a Dominican writer, and there's not too, too many of those. Um, so 
I'm, I've been delighted to just read about her experiences and her stories. And I found so many different points of correlation between my own experiences as a Dominican American, um, which I have kind of slowly over time grown to think of myself that way. Um, I have never really in the past, like really thought of myself as a Dominican American. Um, I mostly just would think I was Dominican, but um, as I've continued to evolve in my identity, um, this is one of the new labels that I have assigned for myself. And so um, today's podcast is probably going to be a little bit shorter. Um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go ahead and share with you guys um, the spoken word piece that I wrote. Um, and afterwards, um, I think I'm going to just explain a little bit about where it came from and some of the messages um, behind the poem. Um, and it is my hope that you see yourself identified in at least some part of the poem. Um, but if not, I'm always open to receiving feedback and suggestions. And um, we have other episodes that I'm hoping will capture your interest. Um, so without further ado, um, here's my poem. It's untitled. I've always been afraid of writing, don't tell the world. I've always been afraid to admit I care not for church and only for God, don't tell my mom. I've always been scared of my body's curves. Don't tell self-love. I've always wanted to pretend like I was someone else. Sometimes too nice, sometimes too mean. Never quite knowing who I'm supposed to be. The sweet girl that never rebelled at mommy's. Or the fierce warrior with a sharp tongue. With Marx's beliefs that Bobby raised. Caught between two worlds. The girl with two languages on her tongue. And a craving to know more. I've never felt special, but I know I'm not ordinary. My accent not thick enough to be Dominican. My accent not clean enough to be American. My values too American to be Dominican. My Dominican values too over overbearing and Catholic to be American. My feeling of not enoughness doesn't come from being ordinary because I always seek to be extraordinary. But instead of seeking, I've been waiting, lamenting, breaking, or dare I say, bending, trying to find a place of belonging in this also large world where I can't be myself, whoever myself is. So then that begs the question, who am I? You see, I've decided I'm going to write a book without translations, not meant for readers who don't understand, but meant for the girls caught like me between two worlds, for my Dominican queens and my Mexican reinas, a book that is unapologetic. It doesn't have to explain because to the one that reads, the words will leap from the page and turn into a memory of the same struggle of being split between that and also this, between an island and a thousand miles, or La Frontera y los United States, a book para aquellas que no somos ni de aquí ni de allá. Again, this and also that. I'm sorry that you've never felt like you belong, but above all, I'm sorry that you've waited for someone to get you, for someone to save you, for someone to tell you how to take care of your stubborn curls and learn to love your body even though it doesn't look the same like the other girls. I'm sorry that you've been told you need a perm or queratina, that your pajon is too stubborn, mija. I'm sorry that you've been told to dare, to not dare to raise your voice, your mouth too sharp for what they expected, and so constantly in life you've been corrected, and so much where you corrected that the traditional values of your parents you began to think were yours. And even though sometimes they were wrong, you still listened quietly and waited and patiently shut your tongue as you realized what they were saying was not in accordance with what you believe. When you declare that black life matters and that there's no need to mejorar la raza because blackness is not una amenaza, but a thing of beauty. Sister, 
I am sorry if in spite of their infinite love, your parents have not been supportive and have told you over and over again that you need to lose weight and that those extra pounds make you less. And then they tell you, que no vas a encontrar novio, as though your sole goal and purpose in life should be to find a novio or to get married. I'm sorry that their advice has sometimes been misguided. I'm also sorry that you've been apologizing for your name being complicated and mispronouncing words or that you've let it go when people careless have mispronounced your name. And like my friend Nudi says, make sure that you make them pronounce them like mommy meant, no matter how difficult it feels on their tongue. The truth is that they owe you because you've been giving of yourself so much and the people that came before who gave their lives were your ancestors too. And the truth is that this country without you and your likeness would not exist. This is for my black queens and my indigenous warriors, my women on fire. I'm daring you to not be silent. I'm here to carry the sad news that the one you've been waiting for is you. And there is no one here to save you, but you are here to save someone. Untitled. So that's it. That is my spoken word for the day today. Um, I felt good sharing that with the world. It got me a little bit emotional, so I'm glad I was able to hold it together. Um, but I truly wrote this poem because I have lived my whole entire life with a sense of duality, a sense that I don't belong um, to one side or the other, right? So when I visit the Dominican Republic, one of the things that I always experience is people saying, ah, la americana, la americana. And it's so baffling to me because I'm like, how can you even say that? I, I, I've never felt American a day in my life. As a matter of fact, I've been othered my whole life, right? And so when I go to my visit to visit my home country, the place where I was born, the place where my parents were born, the place that I come home until the age of 11, and I'm told that I don't belong there, I feel shocked. I feel out of place. And I feel like, dang, I don't belong here. But when I'm in the U.S., they tell me this is where I belong, you know? Um, and so it's that struggle. This poem is very much about that struggle between um, how your parents raised you to be and finding your own voice, which I was able to find through my education, right? Um, I feel like growing up, I, I had a very, um, I don't want to say overbearing because I know she deeply cared about me, but I, I do know that my mom was very protective of me. And as a result of that, um, I felt like I was always being watched or being followed up with or um, I wasn't able to develop my identity comfortably, right? Um, one of the byproducts of feeling like I was constantly being watched by my mom and constantly being controlled um, was that process of finding myself and discovering who I truly was took me a lot longer. It wasn't until college when I had a chance to first be on my own that I truly started to develop a sense of my own identity. And I must admit, it wasn't until the last three years of my life that I feel like I have found my footing in the person that I am. Um, I've been developing a relationship with self-love. I've been developing a relationship with my hair. I've been developing a relationship with my body. And it is an ongoing struggle and an ongoing relationship, learning to just take care of something like my curls that are super stubborn. And when they dry up, um, they turn into a ball of brillo like my mom says. Um, and I'm happy that I'm able to now say that with a smile because for a very long time, my hair was a great source of pain. And so this is part of what I reference in this poem. It's talking about just so many times in my life when going to Dominican caretakers, um, that's what they would tell me is you need a perm. You need a queratina, like your hair is too much. 
um, your pajon is too um, stubborn. Like, I, we can't do anything with it, you know. Um, and they felt so comfortable um, saying things like that. And I didn't feel comfortable pushing back. Um, now when I go, I'm like, nope, I like it like that. And that's how it's going to stay. Like, I actually find that I have the confidence to stand back up and say, no, my hair does not need to change. Like, if I'm here to see you and you're my hairstylist, I do not need advice on what my hair needs from you. Um, at least if that means, means chemically changing my hair to fit a, standard, a certain standard that you hold for me, right? Um, I'm there to nourish my hair and take care of my hair, but I am not there to be told that I should be different. And I think that's what I'm getting at. Of course, you want your hairstylist to give you good hair advice, but that advice cannot be you need to have different hair, which is essentially what I heard for many, many years. Anytime I would go to a Dominican hairdresser. Um, and honestly, like I have to say, like, I appreciate black women so much. I appreciate black women so much because oftentimes the spaces that I have found for self-love have been places and spaces created by black women. Um, and like, I can't, I can't, thank them enough because they opened a door for me that I didn't think was there, which was a door to self-love. Unfortunately, um, I love my country. I love my people. I love the Dominican Republic, um, but we have a huge identity issue that we have not um, been able to resolve. I, we have leaps and bounds to make in the area of accepting our blackness. Um, and I'm not going to lie. I also hate it when that's the only thing that people bring up about the Dominican Republic. Um, because by the same token that we're a country that needs to do a lot of work around the area of um, identity and accepting our blackness, we're also a country where words like mi negro and uh, mi morenita are words of endearment and words that we use to express love, right? Um, so that that's it's like such a, a dichotomy that really exists in the Dominican Republic of okay, we're going to see the positive and use words like mi morenota, mi negrita linda. But at the same time, we're going to take that same kind of love that we're expressing for our blackness and then be like Simon Sosa and use whitening cream. Um, all of my cousins for a very long time, um, whenever you would ask them, okay, well, what's the type of girl that you like? La Blanquitas, immediately, you know? Um, and it's something that kind of gets push. So we, we do live in a dichotomy in the Dominican Republic. We have a lot of work to do around the area of appreciating our blackness, loving ourselves, um, and just knowing that it's okay to have whatever type of hair you have. You do not need to change your hair with chemical products in order to be beautiful. You do not have to take your pajon and turn it into pelo liso. Um, and so that's a part of what I was exploring in this poem is that kind of long life struggle that I've had with my hair as a result of being raised, being told that I needed to change my hair and that it wasn't good. Um, and so the other thing um, that I also mentioned in this poem is something that's very near and dear to my heart, which is a struggle with um, weight loss. Um, I know this is true for many cultures and the Dominican Republic people are brutal. Like if you put on some weight, they will immediately let you know. It's not like, even if they don't know you that well, um, they'll be like, pero mija, tu cita gorda. Or they'll be like, pero es verdad que tú estás comiendo bien, bien de bien. Um, and so, like, they, they make little side comments like that, not understanding how hurtful it is. And even in my own experience with my family, um, it's like, hey, we care about you. We care about your health. But the punchline is, 
tú tienes que rebajar, pero inmediatamente, and even trying to restrict and limit the things that I'm eating in the presence or where I'm with them, um, because they're uncomfortable with my weight, you know? And it's almost like my weight bothers them more than it does me. Um, and so th that's something else that's a part of the culture, that like um, being so willing um, to fat shame and being so willing to call you out the minute that you gain a pound or two. Um, and it's the, the values that we place on that, um, standard of beauty, that skinny, long hair. Um, and it really is a big issue. Like one of the main um, problems that happens in the Dominican Republic is Dominican girls dying as a result of, um, undergoing surgery and procedures, things like liposuctions, um, breast augmentation, or Botox augmentation, and you'll even sometimes see um, women in the Dominican Republic undergo multiple procedures at the same time at a great risk to their health. Um, and they're very willing to kind of undergo it because they're after that certain um, beauty type and that certain beauty standard that they're following, um, and they're super willing to risk their lives for that. Um, but in the DR, there's such an emphasis on the way that you look Um, and I, I know that is universal, you know, I wouldn't say it's just a Dominican Republic thing. Um, but I do see that that's a really big part of our culture is women trying to find, um, or be a certain way based on the standard of beauty that is set forth. Um, and fatness is certainly something that is constantly shamed outwardly, um, and something that you're made to feel extremely uncomfortable about. Um, and again, for so much of my life, I didn't feel comfortable pushing back. It hasn't been until the last couple of years that I've realized, like, um, number one, it's not okay. It's almost like an abusive um, gesture when people comment on your way and make you feel less than or make you feel bad as a result of your weight um, on completely unsolicited, even people that you do not know. Um, and so now, because I have been growing within myself, I am better able to say, hey, that's not okay. Um, I'm not comfortable with you saying that. And then people backtrack um, very quickly because they're not used to being challenged. They're not used to the discomfort of someone saying, it's not okay for you to comment on my body when I have not requested for you to comment on my body. So I just wanted to kind of include that in there. Um, the other line that I really want to kind of bring up, and this is as a, both a recognition and a thank you to Nuri, is she said... Um, while on our previous podcast that um, you have to make people pronounce your name the way that mommy meant. And that's another line from that podcast that stuck with me. And there's so many, like, I, girl, shout out to you because that podcast really hit home for me and it had me thinking and writing for days after. So thank you for providing the knowledge, the experience that you have in, in teaching me new things because it, it really challenged me. Um, But I, I love that. I love that because for so long, my name has not been pronounced as it was intended to by my mommy. Um, and I used to let it go, you know, like um, instead of darling, which is pretty American if you ask me, but they would say Darlene because they just couldn't believe that my name was darling. Um, and I wouldn't always take the time to correct them. Now I will be damned. You will pronounce my name right. Darlene Dilenia Jimenez. Not Jimenez. Jimenez, okay? Um, and so that's another great line that I took from that podcast and wanted to include because I think it's something that a lot of us experience. Um, and then to finish out, um, the conclusion of this poem, which I'm going to go ahead and share with you again, is this. I'm daring you to not be silent. And I'm here to carry the sad news 
that the one you've been waiting for is you and there is no one here to save you, but you are here to save someone. Um, perhaps in the whole poem, this was the most impactful line to me because um, I've come to a moment of realization is also something that came um, up during the last podcast with Nuri, um, which is for so long, us Latina girls, us um, black girls, have been waiting for people to do the work, to show out for us, to teach us, to guide us, especially when we were younger. And what we have soon come to realize is that there's no one coming. It's us lifting each other. It's us helping each other. Um, is that climb um, and help to lift others, like Nuri said, again, hey girl. <laughs> um, is that climb and lift um, as you go mentality is that we are here to help each other. We are here to lift one another. Um, it is extremely important that we realize that we have to stop waiting. Um, we can't wait any longer. Um, a lot of us are now at an age where we are able to help others and mentor others. Um, and it is our time and our turn to do so. It is also a huge responsibility to share your story and tell your story. The reason why I want to write a book, um, and I mentioned it in the poem, is because I really want for people out there who have had a similar story like me, like me, like mine, to see themselves represented, to feel themselves identified, to have something to read that tells them that they're not the only one who's experiencing this. I want people to know that there are people like you and you can make it and you will make it and your story is your strength. It does not have to be the thing that's keeping you down. The story that you have lived is uniquely yours and there's someone out there that might be living something similar and you sharing your story can be the thing that empowers them to keep going, to not give up, to raise their voice, to do the things that they wanna do and to make their dreams come true. Dreams that might in turn help other people. Um, and so with that, we're gonna conclude today. Um, one more time. The one that you've been waiting is you. There is no one here to save you, but you are here to save someone. That's it for Burgundy Love today. Um, my shout out is to Nuri because so much of this was inspired by her. Um, and we definitely hope to have her back on the podcast soon. Darling out, this is Burgundy Love.